Hello and welcome to The Bible Speaks. Uh, it's a podcast where we put the stories of the Bible in today's context. My name is Supreme on the BC and today I want to revisit a previous episode where we talked about Daniel chapter 3. Now, it's the story where the three Hebrew boys were faced with a life and death situation because they refused to bow to the statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had made. We will be focusing on verses 17 and 18 in this episode and for the sake of this discussion i'm going to stick with the king james version because it's it's the oldest and it gives the true picture of our topic today now without much ado let's dive in one poignant aspect of the story of the three hebrew boys is the part where they reply king nebuchadnezzar you know the exchange between the king and the three boys after he gives them a second chance to bow to the statue it's all there in daniel chapter 3 right and when the hebrew boys are talking to the king they they don't refer to him as king they call him nebuchadnezzar and they they tell him that their god will save them from the furnace and from his hand but it doesn't stop there further in verse 18 they say but if not we would have you know that we would not bow to your image nor serve your gods i want us to stop here for a bit in the previous episode i talked about this statement being one of trust and i i said that because of how the csv um, translation put verse 18 it, it translated this verse like this it says even if our god will not rescue us that was how it was put meanwhile in the king james version there's nothing that sort there he didn't mention anything about um rescuing right um so what happened between then and now is that i was part of a bible study recently where we discussed this verse and i got to see it in another light and that's what i would like to share with us today so when you read um, verse 17 of daniel chapter 3 you will see that it starts with if it be so if it be so that's if it is so right in today's english (laughs) if it is so then when you read verse 18 you will see that it starts with but if not now to me that that means that these two are referring to the same event they are referring to the same thing if it be so but if not i don't think they are referring to two different things right verse 17 is referring to king nebuchadnezzar's threat saying that if you are going to throw us into the furnace because we will not bow to your god then we will have you know that our God will save us, right? And and they were speaking out of anger because Nebuchadnezzar had angered them by asking, and who is the God that can deliver you from my hand? It's out of that anger that they were speaking. And it was now a war of words, right? It's, it, it, it shifted. It now became a war of words. It now became Nebuchadnezzar's words against theirs, right? Who can instill you know, more fear in the other person? And they were fighting God's fight by speaking of his power to Nebuchadnezzar. And this trend followed to the next verse, which starts with, But if not, then know that we will not bow to your statue or worship your gods. And from the conversation that I had, this Bible study that I had, I am more convinced now that the Hebrew boys were not saying that even if God didn't save them, they wouldn't bow to the statue. And that's what I want to talk about. That's what I want to share today. The big why why do you think so supreme why would you say such a thing that's the most widely held um, translation of this place now i'll give you my reasons first of all the reason i want to give is that dead men don't bow to statues um if 
if God, if let's say that the, the, the translation of this place meant that if God did, did not rescue them, they would not bow to Nebuchadnezzar's statue, it wouldn't make sense. Why? Because if God didn't save them, they would be dead. They wouldn't be bowing to any statue. They wouldn't be alive to, to, to bow to any statue. So it just doesn't make sense. Why would they be telling Nebuchadnezzar that um, even if our God does not save us, we will not bow to your statue? They would be dead to even realize that God, they would be too dead. <laughs> right? I think that's just the best way to put it. Like, dead men don't know if their God saved them or not. They will be before, be before their father in heaven and asking him, God, why didn't you save us? Was it time for us to come home? Right? So instead, of, uh, instead, I, based on the premise of the if it be so, that begins verse 17, it appears that they were telling Nebuchadnezzar that even if he changed his mind about punishing them, if he changed his mind about his threat, then he should know that they would not change theirs. They wouldn't change their mind. And there's a premise for this, actually. There's a premise for this, and I'll talk about that in a bit. Now, the second reason why I am subscribing to this, you know, this other belief that about the meaning of, of these two verses, 17 and 18, is that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were speaking of the power of their God. So it's impossible that in the same breath, they said that their God could and would save them from this man who had clearly defied him. Then in that same breath expressed a contrary thought about their salvation by God. It just doesn't follow. It doesn't. And personally, I, I searched, I looked for you know the Hebrew Bible to see these verses in the original Hebrew. And yes, the best representation of that exchange is the King James Version of the Bible, which doesn't say if our God will not rescue us. It doesn't mention that. It doesn't say that in the Hebrew. However, because of the way it looks, of course, that has been the, the wildly held interpretation. But contextually, it doesn't follow. Okay? And personally, I've learned to start where the Bible starts and, and stop where it stops. So, no additions or subtractions. Now, if you are like me, definitely you'd have asked at least I, I know I had three questions in my mind after learning this new fact and checking out things. I had I had three questions which I'm going to share with you right now because I know that many of you may be asking that question. Now, the first question being, has there been a time when Nebuchadnezzar changed his mind about, you know, meting out a punishment? To this question, yes, there has been a time. Now, I'll take you back to Daniel chapter 2. When Nebuchadnezzar had a dream and he didn't want to tell the wise men what the dream was, so he needed them to tell him both the dream and the interpretation so that they wouldn't swindle him, you know, so that they wouldn't, they wouldn't give him, you know, the wrong interpretation just because he had given them the dream. But none of the wise men could give him the dream. And so he ordered um, Ariok, his uh, captain, to, to wipe out all the wise men, to kill all of them. He threatened to wipe them out. And the Chaldeans, right? But Daniel requested, Daniel requested that he should spare the lives of all the wise men. And he did. He changed his mind. He stayed his hand Dan at Daniel's request. You know, so that's an instance where Nebuchadnezzar had changed his mind about meting out a, a particular punishment, even though he could have killed the people that didn't give him the answer. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So yes, to your question, the first question, yes. The second question, you may also ask, um, has there be, been a time when God delivered them, that's um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, from Nebuchadnezzar's hand? 
again the answer is yes the same story now you may think that they were not involved of course they were they were because if you go to verse 13 of daniel chapter 2 you see that daniel and his fellows were sought to be killed that's what it says there if you go to daniel chapter 2 verse 13 it's clear daniel and his fellows were sought to be killed then if you go to verses 17 and and 18 of the same daniel chapter 2 it says daniel and his companions desired the mercies of god concerning this secret that they should not perish okay so it's clear that if daniel would have died or the wise men were to be wiped out of course daniel shadrach meshach and abednego would have been wiped out as well so god delivered them there furthermore still in that same chapter if you read verse 24 you see that daniel asked Ariok not to kill the wise men of babylon so god didn't just save his own that's daniel I want to use the real names of you know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Hananiah, Michelle, and Nazaria, right? It's it's God didn't just save His own. God actually saved the 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 other wise men in in the in the realm, right? And the king promoted them. The king didn't just save them. He he promoted them at Daniel's request. So yes, God has saved them from Nebuchadnezzar before. That's the second question. The third question um, you may want to ask, were they not recalling when God didn't save them from Nebuchadnezzar? I mean, Nebuchadnezzar castrated them, made them eunuchs. So couldn't they have been recalling that incident right now? And I would say no. I would say no. Why? Why, why would I say no to this? Now, that is not a recent incident. Okay, it's not a recent incident. It was at, at the time when they were captured. That was when that happened. The more recent incident would be this dream interpretation which we've mentioned in Daniel chapter 2. Okay, that's where God's power had been on display for even Nebuchadnezzar himself. It's, it's, it's based on this premise that their boldness rested. Where they had seen God deliver them, where they had seen Daniel change, um, Nebuchadnezzar, sorry, change his mind. Right, so it's based on this, 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 these three questions that I, I, I have a firm belief that this is the, the interpretation of these verses. Now, having answered, answered all these, these questions, how do, does the story relate to us today? Number one, consistency, right? Consistency, that's what it speaks to me. That's what the Bible is speaking to me from this place. Consistency, stay consistent with your confession make up your mind to honor the lord even before you are lured even before you are tempted even before you face the the trial or the the tribulation right they were consistent with their confession i heard years ago that you don't prepare for war when it's already started you do that long before it begins long before right the jews were consistent with their confession so much so that they told the king that if he decided to change his own mind which is very possible, right? Because, I mean, he had already started stalling. The command was, anybody that does not, I'll throw you into the furnace. But he stalled and was giving them a second chance. So it's possible that, you know, when they heard the instruments and they didn't bow down, it's possible that he would have said, you know what, I'm going to throw you into prison and give you time to think about it. Because these were men that had been promoted in his realm. They weren't just common men, although they were part of the Jews that were moved over to Babylon, but they were important men, 
right? So it's possible that he would have changed his mind and thrown them into prison just as he has changed his mind in, in, in chapter 2, just to see if they would change their mind as well. But they were preparing him to say, you know what, I'm sorry, but <laughs> even if you change your mind, it doesn't matter how long you keep us in prison, we would not, we would not change our minds, right? So consistency, that's number one for me. Number two is recall goodness, right? We should teach our minds to recall goodness, to recall the goodness of the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Recall the goodness of God. Um, I don't know about you, but I found that it is quite easy to remember bad occurrences than the good ones. But here, the Hebrew boys remembered God's goodness and his past deliverances to them. And that was what fueled their faith. They, they proclaimed it even in the face of death. And when you remember the good things that have happened to you, hope will rise up in your heart. Faith will rise up in your heart and you'll be able to trust God for your next chapter. So I, I, these, these are the two, two poignant lessons that I learned from, from this particular exchange between Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar. Um, yeah, and just like that, we'll come to the end of this episode. Um, thank you for listening. I'm glad that I, I had this opportunity to share this word with you as an update to the previous episode, Daniel, Daniel chapter 3. Um, and some of you may not agree with this, and it's fine, but uh, based on scripture and based on what I have seen, based on what I, I studied and the conversations I've had, uh, I, I believe strongly that this is the meaning of this exchange of Daniel chapter 3, 17 and 18. And at this point, I want to appreciate uh, my aunt Edith Anakboya for you know helping me in the study of this, and also my wife. Osham and the BC. I want to thank you. Thank you so much. I love you both. I love you. You're amazing. Right. And to you, my listeners, thank you for listening. Uh, I hope that you will allow God do his work in your heart with this story. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, you are welcome to the family. And if you have been listening before now, thank you so much. I appreciate you. If you have any comments, any feedback or questions, send them via email to hellobiblespeaks at gmail.com. Or you could send a voice message by going to anchor.fm forward slash the Bible speaks forward slash message. All the links are in the description below. I remain supreme. Thank you and God bless.